Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, we're so glad you're here today. You know, we are so excited. We got some exciting news coming up about in-person gatherings. We have been diligently working to try to figure out a way for us to gather, uh, to honor the government restrictions, but as well, we we want, you know, our God-given right, but also a government-given right to gather together. And God willing, I don't know what happened, but he opened up a door of opportunity for us to be able to meet in Cardell Theater. We don't have to go away to another facility. We don't have to go anywhere else. All the work we put in, we get to stay here. And guess what? They've given us more time than we had before and absolutely no extra charge, just free. So like we get to like add more time on Sundays. We get a Wednesday night now for some other stuff. So we're super excited about that. Now we're just putting all the details together. So we don't have, I don't have a specific date I, but do, I do know this. It will be in May. We will be having in-person gatherings in May. Uh, and we most likely are going to do two services, probably three. And there's a small capacity. You know, there's only allowed 32 people in the building, 22 in the theater. And so you got to register quickly to get your time uh, when that email comes out. But what's going to happen is my wife and I will be sending you an email probably early this week to give you more information about what's going to happen. But we are a couple of weeks, most likely, away from gathering in person for the first time in four months. So those of you who are staying online, hey, that's okay. This isn't for everybody, and that's all right. We totally understand that. We're still going to have an online service, just like you have now. And uh, we're working out the details and how that all works. But you're going to still have a service where you can stay at home if you'd like and engage online. But also those who are like, man, I want to be around people in worship in in church. Uh, you can sign up to do that. And uh, we'll be sending all that information out. Okay? Come on. It's, God is so faithful. He's so good. And we're so excited about that. So come on. Let's get into the word today. We are... Um, I'm going to finish a series, a three-week series we've been in called uh, Not Alone. We've been uh, kind of looking at the highest um, on our, we did a survey last year, the highest t- couple of things. First one was our mind. We did a four-week series on just uh, um, stop the noise. And, and that was a couple of months ago. And now we're talking about not alone, the area of loneliness. And we're coming to the third uh, installment in that. Next week, I'm preaching a message called uh, Not Over Yet, talking about how the Church of Jesus Christ ain't finished, nor is Love City Church. And this is just the beginning for what God wants for us. And we're excited about this next season. My wife is speaking in two weeks on Mother's Day. It's going to be awesome. And then we're going to start a new series called Balance. We're talking about uh, how to balance um, theology, our theological understanding, the scriptures, how to balance that with all of these different teachings and things that are going on and coming out. We want to be about, we want to maintain balance when the wind of doctrines come. (laughs) We want to maintain the balance in that. And so we're going to do a series on that, just talking about how do we maintain that balance? How do we stay committed to what matters most, major on the majors, minor on the minors, and how do we stay focused on what God wants us to stay focused on? So that's going to be good as well. So let's finish this series up today. We've been talking about loneliness and you know, I did a bunch of research on this and read a bunch of different books on it. And, and you know, basically psychology today uh, defines loneliness. Uh, the basic idea is, is that loneliness is a perceived gap 
between uh, you and an individual or a perceived gap between you and, in our context, God. And so it's, it's a, a perceived gap, meaning that it feels as though there's a gap, a disconnect between me and the individual or me and God. And that gap might not be accurate. It might just be a perception that you and I have in our loneliness. Now, the feelings of loneliness are real. They lead to fear. They lead to discouragement. They lead us to a place where we feel disconnected and left out and isolated. Those emotions and those feelings are absolutely real and absolutely feel uh, authentic and genuine in our lives. But often loneliness is a perception that there is a gap when in reality there may not be that gap. And so we've talked about how God has been with you from day one. He's never left you. We've talked about how seasons of loneliness are opportunity where God is wooing us and drawing us closer to him. And today we're going to talk about how God has a plan to place you in a family so that you can experience breakthrough in your life. God's intention and plan for you. He has a plan for you and his purpose and his intention for you is to put you around other image bearers in the house of the Lord, in the church of Jesus Christ, that you can can experience the life transformation and freedom that God wants for you. God does not want you to do life alone. He doesn't want you to go at this in isolation. And so today I'm going to read you a verse. And this verse says it all. This verse basically gives you the entire message in one verse. And I love it when this happens. It's in Psalms chapter 68, verse six. And it says this, God places the lonely. That word lonely means only, means one, means isolated. God places the lonely in families. Look what he does. God sets the prisoners free and God gives them joy, but he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. So we see God is doing things. He, what he does when we come to God, we start a relationship with him. The first thing he wants to do is God wants to place us in a family. God wants us in that family to experience freedom. And that freedom leads to a fullness of joy in our life, an abundance in our life that maybe we didn't experience prior. And that's exactly what God wants to do. God has a plan. God has a purpose. If you're feeling lonely today and you're feeling discouraged and you're feeling disconnected, I want you to hear my voice today. This prophetic thought for you. God has a plan to place you in a family so that you can experience transformation, so you can experience freedom, so you can experience joy, the joy that he originally intended you to have when he created you. See, God wants to restore you back into his original intention for your life by placing you in a family. God wants to place you in a family so you can experience everything that God intended for your life. And as we look at this scripture today, we see that this was God's objective to restore us back to an original place in which we were created. In Genesis chapter, uh, chapter uh, 2, verse 18, it says, the Lord God said this, it is not good for the man to be alone, but I will make a helper suitable for him. He said, it's not good. That word good there means pleasant. That word good there, it means favorable or prosperous. That word good there means won't make you happy or glad. That word good there means it won't make you prosper. He says, I recognize that it is not pleasant for a man or a woman to be alone. It's not, it's not, it won't make them happy ultimately. It won't, it won't make them glad or they won't experience the prosperity and the blessing I have for them. That ultimately in the long run, the creation that I've created will no longer experience the pleasant, happy, prosperous life that I intended for them if they remain alone 
alone if they remain a single. Uh, not single as in not dating or not married, but an individual, one, only, isolated, uh, in a place of loneliness for a long period of time. He recognized that this is not pleasant for them. And see, what God did is, you know this, I mean, you've read this before. God gave Adam a job. He gave him a purpose. He gave, he, you're my son. You've got a purpose for your life. You've got an identity. And the Lord God formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he, what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock and the birds in the sky and all the wild animals. So here is Adam. He has a purpose. He's got an identity. He's got a function in his life. But for Adam, there was no suitable helper was found. And so often this picture of, uh, in this scripture, this picture is of, of, of Adam having purpose. Adam was working a job. Adam was going to church. Adam was doing the things that God was asking him to do. Yet even though he didn't realize that there was something missing, God knew in the long term, once the career ends, once, once the people leave, or once, once, the, once things stop uh, happening in your life and you stop being busy, you're left to yourself. Being alone is not healthy for you. He recognized that often when we are distracted by our careers or distracted by being around people but not really engaging with people, that that is not good in the long term for our lives. That there is something missing on the depths of us when we do not have this interaction with other humans that is real and vulnerable and honest and genuine. That when we don't have those moments in our lives on a regular basis, we are left feeling without this pleasant, full life that God intends for us. We see that no suitable helper was found and God looked at him and he recognized, man, he's got a billion pets. He's got a billion cats and dogs. And he's got a purpose. And he's got function. And it probably took him a while to name the animals. But God stood back and looked at Adam and thought, okay, he's working hard at his job. And he's, he's got companionship. I mean, you know, he, he's around things that love him. But what's missing from this equation? That human, vulnerable, genuine intimate, unique connection. See, many of us have spent a lot of years going to church with a bunch of animals. <laughs> many of us go to work with a bunch of animals and never actually have a vulnerable, honest, genuine connection with a person. And I'm here to tell you today that the loneliness that you feel, there's a cure. And the cure is not isolation. And the cure is not drawing back. And the cure is not moving away from people, even though I gotta be really honest with you. When I'm lonely, that's the only thing I want to do. When I'm lonely, the last thing I wanna do is come to church and talk to you. That's harsh, I know. But it's the truth. <laughs> Am I the only one? <laughs> when I'm feeling lonely and discouraged and disconnected, man, when I'm feeling insecure or I'm lacking identity, which is actually the stem of loneliness, comes from a lack of identity and uh, esteem. And when I feel that way, the last thing I want to do is be around people. I just want to hang out with a bunch of animals. I want to take my dog on a walk because she doesn't talk to me. I just get to pet her and she does what I tell her to do. But over time, God looked at Adam and realized, man, nothing in this verse insinuates that Adam is unhappy. Nothing in this verse insinuates in this verse that, that Adam is frustrated. God knew that if Adam stayed in a place where he wasn't in a family where there's connection, where there's transformation, where there's help, 
that eventually this will not be healthy for his life. And when God looked at him, he recognized that. He recognized that was the reality. And as you know, what he did was, it says that he needed to, to, to provide a helper. What, is, what, is it, what does Adam need? He needs help. That word help there in the verse means assistance, aid, comfort, ease, relief, support. Yes, in this context, you're talking about a woman and a man in a marriage relationship. But if we step back from it for a moment, we'll realize that it's more than that. That God knew that if we are left to ourselves in our state of loneliness, that we will generally isolate ourselves and be discouraged. And what we will do is draw away from the only thing that we need the most is help, support from others, partnership, comfort, ease, relief, support. Can Jesus provide that in my life? Absolutely. But when you find that from Jesus, the first thing he does, he sets you in a family. And in that family is where you find help. It's where you find relief. It's where you find support. It's where you find partnership. It's where you find someone to help you in your time of need. When you're feeling overwhelmed by sin, you call that person. When you're in that family of God, and I believe today that the family of God that this was talking about isn't just a natural family. This is a spiritual family, the church of Jesus Christ. That when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, he places you in the family of God so that you can have support and partnership and help and have a helpmate because he knows that if you try to do this Christianity thing on your own, it won't be pleasant. It won't, be, it, won't, it won't satisfy. There won't be joy. Why? Because God intended you to be in vulnerable, open, honest, genuine relationship with one another. Yeah. How many years did I spend going to church not talking to a single person? Well, I'm around people. No, you're not. You're not with people at all you got to be engaged in a place where there is help. Someone's got to be helping you. And you have to be helping someone. It's this thing that God recognized he needed. And so what did he do? He squeezed, uh, the word squeeze, he made woman. He squeezed her. He formed her. He made her. And when we realize something today, I want you to realize something today, that when Adam and Eve fell, and they sinned, and sin entered the world. What happened when he sinned? When she sinned and he sinned, it caused division and separation, a gap between them and God, even though God would have loved them no matter what. There was a perceived gap between Adam and Eve. They fought, they blamed each other for the sin. What was happening? There was a chasm between relationship, and this is exactly what the devil wants. See, from the very beginning of time, the devil was trying to bring isolation and separation between you and what you needed the most, help. He was trying to bring isolation and separation from God and from others, knowing that Adam was going to benefit from the image bearer of Eve. And Eve was going to benefit from the image bearer called Adam. There was a genuine connection there, but that caused friction in the relationship. What happened in the very first uh, two sons, one killed the other. There was instantly the devil knew that if he could isolate you and he could prowl and get you uh, disconnected and get you alone and get you separated and get you off by your own, it says the enemy is, the devil is prowling around outside like a roaring lion, just waiting and hoping for the chance to devour someone, isolated individual people. Now you say, Ryan, I didn't, I didn't want to be lonely. I understand that. And I'm not here saying today that you did this on purpose. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you today that there's a cure. There's an answer for your loneliness. Now, number one, his name is Jesus. And Jesus came to the earth. He lived a sinless life, died a sinner's death, was buried in the grave. 
and he rose on the third day. And when he rose on the third day, he opened access for you and I to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But I am here to tell you today that our relationship with God is, was never meant to be done between me and God. Isolation. It's just me and Jesus. I don't need the church. I don't need people. I don't need others. It's just me and Jesus. That is not an accurate picture of what God intended for your life. He sets you in a family. He puts you in a place that can help you. He puts you in a place that can encourage you. He puts you in a place that you can do life together. Listen, is it always easy? Do you always like going to church with the people you go to church with? Well, heck no. Do you always feel comfortable when the pastor gets in your grill and gets in your face? No. Do you like it always when someone in the church says something that offends you? And no, of course not. Why? Because no single person or family or church on the planet is perfect. Think about it for a minute. We're a bunch of regular old people trying to build the church of Jesus Christ. We're just regular old humans trying to do life together. So maybe you're watching today and say, Ryan, I've been hurt by the church. Well, so have I. Maybe you say, Ryan, today, you don't understand what I've gone through. Well, you don't understand what I've gone through. The church stinks sometimes. The people in the church stink sometimes. Come on, our family stinks sometimes, right? None of it is perfect. But it is the healthiest thing that God knows you need to be involved in he placed you in a family. He did this in your life, knowing that there are this perceived gap that the devil wants to capitalize on, that when he places you in the family, what happens? That gap gets smaller and smaller. Why? Because you're around people who just want to support you. No dog in the fight, no agenda. I don't want anything from you. I just want to help you, and I want you to help me. It's called genuine, authentic spiritual family. This is what God intends for our lives. This is what God wants for us. Now, I want you to see something interesting about this verse here. God places the lonely in families. Now, this word family, of course, it means a house or a household, a shelter or a habitation. Yes, absolutely. It means that the, 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 the verse simply implies that they took somebody who was a stranger, somebody who was an alien or an outsider who didn't have a home, homeless, and they brought them into a place where they had a home and they had a, a shelter. Uh, and I don't want to go into the depths of the context of the verse because uh, it would take too long. But the basic concept, yes, they put you in a shelter. They put you in a home. They take care of you when you're homeless. But if you look at this, this Hebrew word, it actually has a deeper meaning. And if you dig a little bit deeper, into the contextual nuance of this Hebrew word. You will see it means something a little bit different. It means to rebuild. It means to reestablish. It means to repair. It means to cause you to continue again. Which means that when you start a relationship with Jesus Christ, he doesn't just say, oh, just you and me, brother. You and me, son. No, he says, it's you and us. He says, I want, when you come to me, I'm going to set you in a place where you will be rebuilt. I'm going to put you in a place that will be, you'll be repaired. I'm going to put you in a place that's going to give you, the, the cause you to continue once again on the journey you're on. The purpose of the family of God is to restore you back into the place that God intended you to be in. Guess what? Experiencing freedom, joy in your life. See, what he does is you come to Jesus, 
He places you in a family where you're rebuilt. You begin, the prisoner begins to get set free. God begins to move in your life and addiction begins to fall off and your marriage begins to see uh, momentum and your children start to find Christ and you start to be in an environment where there's rebuilding and repairing and restoration and you begin to experience freedom in your mind and your heart and your life holistically and then all of a sudden you start to experience what? A percolation of joy in your life and what do you do? You go and grab somebody else who's lonely and say, hey, you got to come into this, this family. Come on in and they come in and they start to be repaired and transformed, restore them back to the original intention for their life and then they experience freedom and they're filled with joy and what do they do? They say, oh, I got to tell you about this family and on and on it goes. The family of Jesus Christ exists here so that we can reach more people who are isolated and alone so they can be a part of a family so they can be a part of this environment so they can experience what every one of us here experience on some level and yes, it ain't perfect, that's for sure. I recognize that. I recognize there are flaws in every church, and ours probably has tons of them, and you probably know what they are. Some of you sent me an email about it. (laughs) I recognize that we aren't perfect, but one thing we are great at is community. I could go around the room right now to different people in this room who've had an experience with God. When they became a part of a a healthy local church, God began to work in their life and they got water baptized and addictions begin to flee and they begin to think one way and they don't think that way anymore and now they're a part of a family and they say, man, I love my spiritual family. Some of you even say you like them better than your natural family. I'm not going to say that though, mom and dad, I promise. Many of us come into an environment. I, I could go down the line today and say, yes, some of them, it's enormous. Some of them, it's just subtle, but it makes the big, big enough difference in their life to say, I'm so thankful that I'm a part of the family of God. I'm so thankful that I let him set me in this place. That's the key. Yeah. You have to let him. Now, listen, you maybe had a bad experience at church. I get it. Again, so have I. And maybe you've had a bad experience with your family. Or maybe you've been hurt, wounded by a family member. Or maybe there was an offense with me or with someone in the church or, you know, maybe another person. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, yeah, I know, but I've been hurt before in the church. Listen, that is expected when you deal with people. You're going to get hurt. But here's the best part. By the power and the grace and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you and I get to serve one another in love. We get to lay down our self-interest and serve one another and pick up one another's burdens. And what begins to happen? God begins to move in our midst because we're caring about other people more than we care about ourselves. We begin to pray for each other and comfort each other, speaking to one another's life. But listen, you got to let it. You got to let him squeeze it. You got to let him make it. You gotta let them do that in your life. You gotta let them put into relationship with people who are gonna help you and challenge you. You gotta let them put you in a place where maybe you're around people that you don't like very much, but the only thing you have in common is Jesus, and that's okay. You gotta let him do that in your life. Why? Because the purpose, a plan that God has for you today is that you would experience what he intended for you from the beginning to be in family, to experience freedom, to experience joy. So here's my shameless plug non-shameless, shameless plug. Join a group. I want to encourage every person that's watching, join a group. I'm telling you, every person that's in a group will tell you, man, these are really powerful. So again, someone massive levels, someone small, just having someone to talk to. Join a group. Our groups where we see this discipleship. Our groups are not about studying the deep nuances of doctrine and theology. Our small groups are simply about this, helping each other, partnering with each other, 
loving on each other. We're launching more groups and we're doing that. But they say, Ryan, I can't be in a group. That's fine. Join us on Sundays. That's fine. Come to one of our digital conferences or join us on Wednesday when we do our, our online thing from 12 to 1 or just find whatever opportunity you can to be involved in any capacity where you're around the family of God because that's where you're going to experience the fruit and the life that God intended for you. Not on your own as a follower of Jesus Christ, in the community of God, which he intended for you and for me. That's what God wants for us. Come on, look at this verse. Look what he does. He places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free. He gives them joy. God places you in a family. He sets you free and he gives you joy. God places you in a family. He sets you free and he gives you joy. God places you in a family. And I don't know about you. How many of you ever thought in your mind, mom and dad, brother, I love you. Have you ever thought this? I don't want to be a part of my family. How many of you ever thought, with as perfect as your family is, you know what? I don't want to be around my family. Guess what? That's normal. So why should it be any different with our spiritual family? He places you. He places you in the family. You. And then he sets you free. And then he works in your life. And then he transforms you. And then he brings joy. And then he restores you back to the original place he intended you to be. And you just begin to see growth, transformation, and change in your life. And that's God's purpose for you. So yes, he's never left you. He'll never forsake you. Come on, these moments are moments for us to lean into a relationship with God. And come on, when you're lonely, he says, okay, let me put you in a place where you can begin to work this out. Talk about your stuff and work through what's going on in your mind and your heart. Talk about what's going on in your life. This stuff that's going on, this loneliness, this discouragement, you need to be around somebody who can help you. And that is the church of Jesus Christ. Come on, let me pray for you today. Lord, we want to say thank you for your church. Lord, I want to say thank you for all the amazing churches across the city. I pray for those watching today, God, who are either uh, looking for a church or feeling disconnected. Lord, I pray today that you would encourage them to join a church. Lord, either our church or a church, Lord. But Lord, would you set them in the family? I pray that you would begin to work in their life and they would immediately see the effects of being around people who love them with no strings attached. And they would see freedom in their life and they would experience joy in their life. And all the wounds of the past would fade away just pray for those who are broken and hurting today. Just bring a fresh, uh, Lord, a fresh motivation to be in community with others. Bring a fresh motivation to be a part of the house of God. Lord, those watching today who don't know you, who are here today and say, I don't have a relationship with God, I let them know today. It's simple. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Bible says you are saved. So today, God, we make that confession of faith. And I pray for those people that they would know that they are welcome here and they are welcome in, in the, uh, the Jesus-centered churches across the city and that we want them to find a great home. We love you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, if you accepted Jesus, you need prayer, you want to know more about Love City Church, email us at info at lovecitychurch.ca. And I hope you guys have an amazing week this week. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.